its implications of those waivers are an unacceptable trade for doing so and calling on our elected leaders to come up with a better plan. Um, and so I think it's important to have that dialogue. Um, we have a set of environmental justice principles as well because while removing the dams is absolutely essential um, to achieve um, in remediation of the environmental injustices that the dams have created, removing um, access to the citizen supervisions of the Clean Water Act and Endangered Species Act puts those um, other communities throughout the entire basin at risk and means that they can't enforce their own um, rights to um, access to the courts and justice as well. And that's just unacceptable. And fundamentally, it won't solve the problems. Taking out the four Snake River dams is not enough to recover salmon. It is an essential role uh, aspect of doing so, um, but we have to address the other threats throughout the basin, um, including some of those other dams, including temperature issues and other forms of pollution um, that are imperiling those runs. And so it's not a rational way to move forward to take the tools that we use to do so um, out of our toolbox. Um, so that is kind of where we are with um, that principle. And we have made those concerns very clear directly to Representative Simpson and his staff um, and to elected leaders around the region and have said, um, let's come up with something better, but let's absolutely move forward on removing the dams. Wow, thank you, Bethany. That sounds like a classic politics situation where, you know, being asked to um, sacrifice some environmental protections for securing others. And um, I think what you're saying is so right on that we shouldn't be asked, you know, to make those decisions to choose, you know, dam removal or uh, other federal environmental protections. We should probably be able to have both. Um, so thanks, Absolutely. thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, and I also well, appreciate I think... your, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say as well that uh, this issue doesn't exist in a vacuum. As you said in the intro, there are other dam removal um, projects that m need to go forward, including in the Klamath River Basin and elsewhere um, to protect key fish runs and habitat and cultural uses. And so it's important how we build the model for doing so to ensure that um, those other interests are protected while we do so. Um, so we also look at it as it is not, this isn't just about the removal of the Snake River dams, it's about how we address these really significant um, and impactful conservation challenges as we face a warming world. Um, as the the implications um, and impacts of climate change are being felt um, in all of these communities um, and as we really seek to create a more just world. And so it's it's bigger than just the Snake River Dams and frankly the Snake River Dams is a big enough issue to begin with. So um, it's, it's a very interesting conversation to be having um, and it's really important. Absolutely. And that's actually um, a perfect lead in into what I was actually going to ask you next. You did mention um, that, you know, this move, removing the four lower Snake River dams is huge and we need that to happen now. And I think we all, uh, those of us, you know, you and I both agree with that. Um, and a lot of other folks, including a lot of tribal communities, agree with that too. Um, and and also it's it's 
a microcosm of a larger problem and it's not enough by itself. And so, um, you know, looking towards the future, looking towards a longer term visioning, what is, you know, your ideal outcome um, in this campaign, not only for the Snake River dams, but also for this larger fight to remove dams across the West? What do you see as, you know, a part of that bigger picture work that needs to be done in the coming, you know, weeks, months, and years as this, um, you know, very nascent plan starts to become a reality, hopefully? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one thing that's essential is that our elected leaders just need to step up to help address these sticky problems. They're, con it's, it, they're hard um, and they're complicated and we need our leaders to rise to that occasion and to sit down and work out these proposals and to make sure that they're including um, all of the stakeholders at the table so that we do address the various aspects. Um, and we need there to be real honesty in doing so, um, so that it's not really seen as an avenue to send a bunch of money to industries you like or to, you know, throw some pork into a legislative proposal um, or um, dismantle some environmental protections that you don't like. Um, you know, we need a problem that is where the heart of it is addressing the environmental concerns and the cultural concerns. Um, and so we are calling on um, our congressional delegation and our governors um, to, you know, not like stick their heads in the sand about this issue and address it and realize that dam removal takes time and the funding needs to happen. Um, for example, I was there the day that the dam was removed on the White Salmon, a tributary of the Columbia um, outside of uh, just on the Washington side of the Columbia um, in the gorge um and it was just this beautiful celebration of restoring a wild river um and it took 20 years um the approval had actually been passed in the 90s and that dam did not come out until 2011 um and it became a large celebration and it was a magical thing to witness um but it would have been a lot better if that had happened 20 years prior and we won't have the salmon runs anymore if this takes 20 years. So it's totally essential that it become a priority of our elected leaders. And then we need to really address these issues around just transitions. So we need to address um, the issues of overuse of water in agricultural communities. And we need to transition away from dams and fossil fuels and embrace um, the really very effective solar and wind um, energy technologies uh, that we can replace that power with. It's so These dams are just 4% of the power in the region, and there are robust studies that have already been conducted about that it's entirely possible to replace that power with renewables and clean energy. So, you know, another piece of Rep Simpson's proposal that we're concerned about is that he's talking about small nuclear um, reactors and methane digesters that concentrated up animal feeding operations out um, in that region and and those are just not clean technologies it's not um, a just transition off of um, dirty energy so we've just got to um, put these mechanisms in place um, identify the funding and and do it um, in the short term um, and make sure that the tribal and First Nations voices are um, forefront in in determining that process and and having it happen now, not after we lose orcas or after we lose these salmon runs. 
Absolutely. Um, and thanks for addressing the just transition aspect of this. I know that the economics question and also the question of where do, where do we get um, energy? You, you know, you mentioned that um, the dams are only really providing 4% um, of the, you know, power um, the region, but still, you know, that is some of some of the power. And so, um, you know, digging into that question, you kind of covered a little bit of, of, of a false solution that was proposed, but what would be, um, you know, a reasonable energy alternative to the power that those dams are currently generating? Sure. Well, what's lovely is that in 2018, the Northwest Energy Coalition actually um, commissioned a study on this specific issue, recognizing the key um, that removing the dams was absolutely key for the future of salmon and orcas and other species. Um, and so there's actually already been um, a, a study into this and an outline, and that study is readily available online. Um, the um, energy strategies conducted it, and it was um, published by the Northwest Energy Coalition that found um, that it is just not um, really challenging to replace that energy with um, solar and wind and renewables. Um, and I think it's highly likely that that's even more true, um, if there's a way to say that, um, than it was three years ago, because those technologies just improve in their efficiencies, as does our ability to store energy in batteries, um, which is, you know, you often hear, well, we don't turn the dams um, on and off, they're just there, and wind is there when it's windy and solar's there when it's sunny, but um, as long as we have good energy storage, then that isn't an issue anymore. Um, so, you don't have to take my word for it. You can take the Northwest Energy Coalition's word for it that um, it is absolutely feasible to replace energy from the dams in a cleaner, greener way. Awesome, thank you. And thanks for that uh, reference to the study. We can absolutely make sure that that study is linked in the show notes for our listeners. Um, and so just you know, moving towards just closing out our show together and, and thinking about visioning for the future, I really loved um, you talking about you know, being there for the removal of a dam. And I remember uh, personally, I went up to visit the um, what used to be the Elwha Dam in the Northern Olympic Peninsula and was just you know, totally moved by all of the life coming back um, in that area, even just so soon after the, the dam was removed. Um, and so, you know, as someone I actually, you know, I used to work with Cascadia Wildlands and love the organization and I'm so thankful to be connected with you working there now. Um, one thing I love about that organization is their vision um, and how it's just an incredibly beautiful vision for this bioregion. And I was wondering if we could close out with you just sharing um, that vision um, and also your vision. Um, you know, if you were to paint a picture of what it is that you want um, with these wild rivers um, in the Pacific Northwest, what, what do you want to see here in the future? Sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll start with mine. I mean, I, I grew up here. I love it here, I think. Um, and then I you know, travel across the sea and am horrified by the clear cuts and concerned about the dams. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting here in rural southern Oregon, and it was 109 degrees at 4,000 feet two days this week. And we've got smoke from a fire on Mount Shasta blowing up from northern California. And it's June. Um, so, you know, we have, we're concerned. Um, and I think we're feeling like climate change is here. Um, the Pacific Northwest is feeling its impacts. And our forests and our rivers are our best climate solution. Um, but for that to be true, 
we need to free the rivers from the dams and we need to keep our old and mature old growth and mature forest standing um and it amazes me as someone who grew up here in the the 80s and the 90s um during the initial forest defense movement that we're still fighting these battles um that we're, it's even still a conversation that we might cut a 160 year old tree or um you know increase our, our reliance on hydropower um it's just past time to make those transitions and i also have a lot of hope um i worked for years you know fighting these various fossil fuel infrastructure projects and the small but mighty activists in the communities in the pacific northwest are just winning all those fights we don't have six coal export ports and we don't have new liquefied natural gas terminals and that's due to the sustained and righteous activism of communities um throughout this bioregion and um it gives me a lot of hope um you know cascadia's vision includes here in wolves howl in the backcountry and vibrant healthy forests um that are remain standing and that will be here for this and future generations and so um that's my life's work it's it's where my passion is um but i also think it's essential for our future and not just for the future of humanity but the future of all these other species with which we share um space and so um we we do we have to face these hard questions head on um and we need to do it together um and we need to pressure our elected leaders to take on the sticky wickets um it's not the easy stuff that um we need them to engage on it, it's the hard hard pieces um and so i do i encourage everybody to engage um to talk to your electeds and and say come up with a better plan like simpson got the ball rolling but it's time to remove move beyond his um concerning framework and let's get these dams out let's protect salmon let's protect orcas um and let's create a framework that will work um in other on other rivers and for other dams so that we can start to heal these um, these rivers and, and these eco-regions um, as we confront the emerging impacts of climate change in Cascadia. Wow. Thank you, Bethany. Um, that was beautiful. And that vision gave me goosebumps. Um, it's really, really is inspiring to witness the thin green line uh, holding off so many of these disastrous proposals and actually, um, you know, making progress in recovering um, our wild ecosystems um, and mitigating climate change. Um, so thank you so much for being a part of that work. Um, folks who are listening can um, follow this work at Cascadia Wildlands. Um, and we will include that information also in the show notes. Um, that is it for today. Thank you so much, um, Bethany, for being on the show. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you, all of our listeners, um, for another great conversation with Coast Range Radio, a radio show and podcast that holds conversations with inspiring individuals who are dedicated to creating a better world. Coast Range Radio is on all podcasting services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can check us out online and subscribe to get the newest episode each month. You can ask us questions or let us know what you think of the show by sending an email to andrew at coastrange.org. We want to hear from you. Thanks to our listeners. We'll talk with you all next time. And thanks again so much, Bethany, for being on the show today. Thanks, Sam. Till next time.
You are listening to KBOO Portland. Want an impactful way to volunteer for KBOO? Believe in KBOO's values of peace, justice, democracy, human rights, multiculturalism, environmentalism, freedom of expression, and social change? Then apply to be a member of the KBOO Board of Directors. Our KBOO Board guides our